0: Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings.
1: Hi, Candace. Hi, Annie.
0: Welcome back to Out of Line where we are challenging the norms of conventional school systems through a podcast. What are we talking about today, Candice?
1: Today, we are continuing our conversation on deschooling. This is episode three of three. <laughs> if you have not heard our other episodes, go and re-listen to episodes one and two on de-schooling. And um, today we're talking about a quote from Francesca Liberatori when she says, Deschooling highlights the importance of personal freedom, but not at the expense of a shared sense of respect and community.
0: Awesome. Francesca is um, found at the handle at Big Mothering. And this quote comes from a piece she wrote for the Alliance for Self Directed Education. Uh, and can be found on their website, uh, selfdirected.org. So uh, de highlights the importance of personal freedom, but not at the expense of a shared sense of respect and community. Let's talk about a shared sense of respect and community um, and what that can look like in a unconventional school. What does that look like at our um, learning resource center?
1: So a few things that we've found are so successful at our center, um, a lateral approach to decision making. So it's not just one person making the decisions for everyone else. Uh, We have our um, change up meetings and community meetings where children and adults can both bring up Um, any issues that come up or ideas for courses and ideas for learning. And um, when there is an issue that comes up, instead of having an adult set a rule around an issue, we have um, respectful conversations and we come up together with ideas and try different, um, different strategies to issue.
0: Yeah. So, um, you referenced a change up meeting. So a change up meeting is usually what we do when we feel like something's not working and that can be, um, I say we feel, but that can be anyone in this space. If something isn't working and we need to figure out a change that might make it work better. So this could be anything from, um, we've had change up meetings about leaving toys on our play yard. Uh, do we need to put them away? Do we need to have a designated area? Sometimes, uh, things work some parts of the year that don't others. So for right now, for us, we have snow plows that need to access the um, play yard where we play and they will plow our toys right into a giant pile of snow if we don't put them somewhere else. And so when uh, it started snowing, we had to have a change up meeting to talk about what the community agreement looks like differently um, and how it can look differently in the winter to the other seasons when we don't have the snowplow. And that wasn't just us coming in as the adults in the space and saying, okay, now it's time to move your toys out of the way, right? We sat down, we explained the challenge to everybody and together collaboratively came up with the solutions that worked for us.
1: And it's amazing what we hear the kids come up with because it's sometimes it's things that as adults we would have never thought of that work even better. Um, and the meetings just feel good because we are including everybody and creating that sense of community through those meetings and I think those meetings are even something that can be done in a traditional school setting as well around a lot of different rules or issues that come up in a classroom.
0: yeah and I think that um, there's this whole I mean the whole country is going through this struggle right now, it seems like of determining when personal freedom is more important than a shared sense of respect and community. And so really laying this foundation um, with kids from the start and showing them that their voice matters, their opinion matters, that they're cared for and respected in any kind of school setting is really, really important to the structure of society and community. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's something that you know, as educators in a conventional setting, you can definitely insert more respect, right? Give chance, give kids a chance to have their voices heard. Um, show through modeling uh, the importance of community. I think as parents, whether your kids are in an unschooling or self-directed environment, or whether they're in a conventional school, you can really advocate for um, factors that would help foster this sense of community, and that could be. Um, you know, the broken record here, but class size, I think is so huge. It's really hard to have respect for each other when um, the adult in the room feels overstretched, you know, 25 students to one adult. It's hard to make actual genuine relationships. Um, And it's hard to have respect and and a sense of community without actual genuine relationships, right?
1: Yeah, so that's another thing. Um, In our Learning Resource Center, it's So great to be able to really get to know the kids and watch them and work with them individually, um, to meet their needs and building a relationship without coercion. So I think, um, it can be difficult for teachers because especially with large class sizes, you really have to have a lot of control over the children that in, um, an unschooling environment or a homeschooling environment, it's not required.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And to take it one step further in this, um, this kind of essay that was written by Francesca that was shared on selfdirected.org on deschooling, um, She also references uh, an author named Blake Bowles, who has a book called, why are you still sending your kids to school and in his book he he positions uh, a thought that says a parent should truly ask nothing of their child beyond remaining a respectful human being during this deschooling period. So what does that look like in a group learning space?
1: So what we see is that we do still have to hold children accountable to being considerate of others. And so whether it's, um, working together to clean up a space, um, you know, thinking about others' feelings in a situation, um, maybe attending a class that you don't want to attend because you, we do ask children to commit to something, Right. So that we ask them to commit to classes and being respectful to the person who's teaching the class or who came in to teach them. Commitment is is big. So following through on the commitments you set.
0: And that's not at any cost. Right. I mean, like if somebody is like, I absolutely positively do not want to go to this class um, Do we drag them kicking and screaming? No, obviously not. Um, So I think you've made the point a few times that um, what we do in our program is consent-based. So we encourage kids to honor their commitments or any learners to honor their commitments, especially if we're um, bringing in a special facilitator for something that they've asked us for um, and to make sure that we have proper notice to reschedule. And again, it comes back to that respect piece. So if a facilitator is coming in, it's not really respectful for them to be there and five minutes into what was supposed to be their class time, tell them, oh, we're not doing this today, right? So we're teaching what it means to be respectful. If you do change your mind or have a, have a change of heart and a commitment that you've previously made, no longer feels good to you. Um, We ask that it's handled in a respectful and community oriented way. Um, I think one of the things that I've shied away from in the idea of self-directed learning is the term unschooling particularly can feel scary to me because I think many people approach it as just a total free-for-all. And uh, to me, I don't want it to be a total free-for-all. I want it to be free learning, uh, rooted in respect and um, a sense of community, like as mentioned through big mothering here Uh, and so to do that in a group way is really nice because it's kind of built in, uh, when you're doing it at home, I could see where it's just your family and you get to make all the decisions. And especially if it's a small family or a family with an only child, um, who's driving those decisions, they pretty much do get to do whatever they want. Uh, when you choose to enter into a community of unschoolers or self-directed learners, that changes everything immediately because now they are, many people who need to weigh in on and every little thing um, that happens within a space because it's a shared space.
1: And it's such a gift for the kids to have because this is really what we want in adulthood as well. And I feel like a lot of us as adults didn't get the chance to have respectful conversations and learn how to have difficult conversations and be part of a community in the way that we are fostering it in our learning center.
0: Totally. And I feel like that's such a, um, uh, just a a very toxic part of many conventional schools, maybe not all, but in a school setting where adults hold more power than the children. uh, I think it's really hard we we you hear teachers if wherever school setting you've been and you've heard teachers say you know things like you need to respect me you need to show respect and really like what we need to do is teach respect and um, the best way we can teach that is through modeling and so modeling respect to kids is the only way to get respect from kids and that's not always happening in some in some school settings um, I know for me in my de-schooling as an educator. I've had moments where I've become very reactive and, um, lose my ability to take that deep breath and remember that we are in a different kind of school environment now. And so sometimes that respect can just be apologizing and saying, you know, I was really reactive in that moment. Let's talk more collaboratively about what the solution is. And, uh, I think for many, many kids who are new to self-directed learning, that's been really huge. Just seeing an adult, step back and say I was wrong or I'm sorry, or, you know, I didn't expect that reaction either. I was a little bit nervous when I saw you doing that. Or usually for me, it's been in in more safety oriented moments that I, um, find a reaction coming before I can process it and maybe put it out the way I'd like to, and go back to, you know, the ways of more conventional school systems where it's because I said, so, (laughs)
1: yeah I think we could have a whole nother conversation on the aspect of safety in in an environment where coercion and control is not priority
0: hmm. so. yeah, uh, and so I guess let like, we've talked a little bit about how we prioritize respect in community um, through setting community agreements rather than rules through having collaborative change-up meetings instead of a top-down rule shift? Um, what are some other ways we really foster that sense of respect and community?
1: Um, getting to know, we did talk about getting to know the kids, um, because we have, you know, we have maybe about 25 kids per day, but we have three to four facilitators per day, too, and we're not, Um forcing anything so we're really able to you know and and we're also not the star of the show (laughs) so we don't have to stand in front of the class and hold everybody's attention all day long Um, and so that takes a lot of pressure off of us as facilitators to just be able to sit with kids and really get to know them and really ask them and learn about who they are and what they're interested in and I think that's just been so cool and also on the idea of getting to know the kids we don't get new kids every year like a traditional school system so we if our children stay with us we're with them from the age of four or five years old until they're teenagers. So we really have the opportunity to get to know them so well.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, that like these, these are lasting relationships. So it's not like, I know I've had previous students that I have had a hard time with. And I think to myself in a conventional school setting, just this year it's just this year and you get through the temporary pain without like getting to the root of the problem or the challenge um and in our in our kind of world now we're really committed to making relationships work because we're in them for a a long time to come um yeah that's really an interesting um So in our center, in our learning space, uh, right when you walk in, one of the first quotes you see is something that we took from um, Roseville Community Preschool and um, Bev Boss, who is um, a legend in the early childhood world. If you don't know the work of Bev Boss, uh, look her up and and find anything you can because she's just brilliant. Um, But they have a quote up uh, that says, our challenge is not to prepare children for school, but to prepare schools for children. And I think that's really at the heart of this idea of setting up a space that has a shared sense of respect and community um, and and really thinking about what do the children need and recentering the children in the education space. It's not about test scores. It's not about whose class is the quietest. Um, It's not about you know, who's got the 100% on their homework um, returns, things like that. It's about relationships and learning each other so that we can best support the learners in our space.
1: Um,
0: And I guess what would be an example of a time, if you can think of any, um, where this idea of personal freedom has come up, um, personal freedom Kind of against the shared sense of respect and community.
1: I think if we go back to the to the safety aspect of it, um, for us, we've had to have a lot of change up meetings and discussions around safety and around in our center what is what behaviors are acceptable and what are not, and. Yes. I think it would be really easy for us as the facilitators to sit down and say, no, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, but it, and it takes a little bit longer, too, because we are having the conversations with everyone, and we are having the conversations as they come up. Um, we have a lot of kids who love taking risks, <laughs> and we want to find... Um, Annie, like you say, find the, find the yes or find the yes space for it. And so instead of saying, Hey, you can't run inside, no running, you can say, Hey, it looks like you need to run right now. Let's go outside and run.
0: Totally. And that's, yeah, because somebody has that personal need to express their freedom through running in that moment. Right. Um, yeah, finding the yes space and that definitely has come from, Other wise teachers, um, you know, Lisa Murphy, Jeff Johnson, Kristen Peterson are all people who um, have helped me learn how to redirect kids back to the yes space and finding what they are, what is possible for them based on what they need, really, like kids have a need to run. And I think um, our adult brains sometimes forget that those are actual needs for kids and we expect them to just shut it off because we've told them this is not a running space or this is a space for indoor voices only. And uh, unfortunately, that's not how brains work. And it's not that uh, kids don't have the choice in those matters all the time to turn off the running or to, um, you know, gosh, kids, kids and their voice volumes, like if they had any control of it, I don't (laughs) know. We wouldn't be having that conversation all the time, right? About what an inside voice is and what an outside voice is. And I don't mean we, we don't currently have that anymore because, uh, well, we bought noise canceling headphones <laughs> because for us that like, right. When, when there's a problem like that in the space, it's not anything inappropriate and it isn't um, in that case, their need to be loud actually trumps my need for quiet because I can adjust and I can buy noise canceling headphones and, um, and carry on just fine. Right. Like it, it's finding the yes. And sometimes it's on the adult to make space for it. And sometimes it's on the learners in the space to, to find an alternative that works. Um, but that's, that's just it. It always comes down to the idea of community and what works best for everyone in that moment on that day with that need.
1: And it does take time. And as a former teacher or even thinking about parents, you know, as as an adult in the space we want everything, I tend to want everything now. Like I want this to stop now. I want everyone to stop running right now. <laughs> so it does take more time because it's having the respectful conversations and finding the alternatives that are really important.
0: Well, I think we've referenced that before, too, with um, the idea of community giving enough time so that everyone in the community can weigh in. Um, and that's very much like the political system in our country and why things um, take so much time, you know, when when there's a vote or there needs to be public comment. Um, sometimes it can get frustrating that it's not happening faster. And the same thing happens at our school um, in our school like environment that sometimes like. We, yeah, we we want it to stop now, and yet we also want everybody's voice to be heard um, when possible and when necessary, and so that takes a while because we don't have everyday learners. We have people coming in and out throughout the week to our space, um, but that doesn't mean that their voice is any less important in, in those matters and deciding what the expectations should be and what respect will look like in our community. Yes. Um, and I think that's important too, to consider when you're de-schooling at home also, because I think um, in a, in a family environment, it also matters. And sometimes uh, we have seen families who approach unschooling or self-directed learning as the, the me, the needs of the children, Trump, all other needs, and it's like drop everything as the adult to support the learner. And um, to an extent, if that works for your family, that works, but what we have seen is that real conversations about real life boundaries can be so much more empowering and enabling the whole family to live a life that has that shared sense of respect and community. Um, and it, probably a longer term happiness for all involved when you make that shift to unschooling, cause you're most of the time are also making a shift to be sharing physical space for longer amounts of time together. Your, um, your space probably also changes in, in use, right? If you're home more and you're doing school at home more, whatever that looks like for you, you're using more materials at home. You're probably spreading out a little bit more. Um, so those, those very real conversations about community and the boundaries, every individual needs can be, um, hugely empowering for the family to stay in it longer term and take a look at what it means to be in community. Um, and yeah, kids can start understanding personal freedom versus community really, really young.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the age matters as much when, you know, you can still have the conversation with a child at any age.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So deschooling it's always got to be in balance between personal freedom and a shared sense of respect and community thank you to Francesca Liberatori for sharing that thought. Um, we'll have this, her account, this article in our show notes. If you'd like to learn more, you can always follow us. We are at Instagram at living out of line and at Bluebridge school um, to see what we're doing in our learning center space. Thank you for listening. See you next time.
1: Bye.